My name is Kyla, and this is my podcast, American Funeral, a place where we talk about all the racial injustice that is present in our modern day society and how to consciously do better. Join me in today's episode as we talk about one of the people I'm choosing to highlight this Black History Month, Wangare Madai, an activist, a woman, and a Nobel Peace Prize woman. First and foremost, I would like to wish y'all a happy Black History Month again. Our history is immortal and everything we see and touch is part of Black history. I hope that you're living and or making space for Black and Brown people to continue to do so in your everyday life. A lot of you who may not know me personally do not know that I grew up in Kenya. I was born and raised there. I am Kenyan to the bone. So everyone who grew up there knew Wangare Madai. They knew who she was, and I remember when she passed away on the 25th of September in 2011. The news broke when we were at our daily parade, and it was sad. Everyone in the country took her death to heart. You know, she was a resilient woman. She was proof that a woman is a force to be reckoned with, and personally, one of my idols. Angara Madai was an environmental activist. She has single-handedly saved so many forests with her personal activism and the foundation that still runs to the state in her name. She was the first woman in East and Central Africa to earn a doctorate degree, and she obtained her degree in biological science from Mount Scholastica College in Kansas. She earned a master's in science at University of Pittsburgh, pursued a doctoral degree in Germany and the University of Nairobi, obtaining a PhD from UON, where she taught veterinary anatomy. She became the chair of the department and an associate professor, and in both cases, she was the first woman to attain these positions in the region. She was active in the National Council of Women in Kenya and was its chairman. It was while she served that she introduced the idea of planting trees with people in 1976 and continued to develop it into a broad-based grassroots organization whose main focus was planting trees with women in groups in order to conserve the environment and improve their quality of life. However, through the Green Belt movement, Mama Madai, she faced a lot of adversity. One of the things that she really hated was the privatization of public land, which a lot of politicians tend to do when they get in power. Now, as much of a proud Kenyan citizen I am, I am not afraid to call out the things that are wrong with my country. And one of it is misogyny. Whether it's based on culture or indoctrination from Western ideas, Mangare Madai was the first woman to do a lot of things because women... It's not that they weren't allowed. Women just weren't doing them. And she did it. The former Kenyan president, um, Daniel Arap Moy, wanted to build a 60-story building in the middle of a park. So she and her fellow protesters had a hunger strike at a place in Uhuru Park called Freedom Corner. They had a little corner and they did their hunger strike. But... After four days, they were forcibly removed and they were unconscious and beaten up. And when they got to hospital, it was really bad. She, she did things like this. 
she wasn't afraid to get down and dirty. She wasn't afraid to put herself on the line. And she wasn't afraid for standing up for what she believes in, not on the sidelines, but in the front of the line. She was there. She was not only a champion of environmentalism, but she was also a champion for peace and democracy in Kenya, which at that point in time, it really wasn't present. She ran for a parliament position and she lost really badly due to the Kenyan government spreading rumors that she had withdrawn. So a lot of people didn't vote for her because they thought she had withdrawn. After that, she continued with her work in the Green Belt Movement that had continuously been monitored by the government. They hindered it so much. They kept auditing it and reviewing it and stopping it and banning it and only saying that nine people were allowed. They went through hoops, loops, and shoots just to make sure that she couldn't advocate. And it got to a point where she was running it from her small apartment complex in Nairobi. During the time of the election, that she she believed that the Kenyan government was cheating and stealing votes to maintain a single-party democracy. And while that can de be debated, she decided to do something about it. She created the middle ground group in order to break some sort of peace between the opposition, but it didn't help as much as she hoped because they were ethnic and tribal clashes that year. And this is where it gets scary. After her friend, Dr. Makanga, was kidnapped, she decided to go into hiding. She was invited to Tokyo as she was a popular environmentalist and she had received numerous awards. So her invitation to Tokyo was to speak at a conference that was being held for environmentalism for a new project, but she did have to decline for her safety. She was in hiding. This led to international governments putting pressure on the Kenyan government to let her travel freely. And it worked. That year, she traveled to over six locations and received numerous prestigious awards that she did deserve. She was the it girl. She was in demand. Everybody recognized the hard work that she did. And while it did take a while for her own country to recognize it, people loved her. People really loved her. She did the work. She preserved Karura Forest. She started the Green Belt movement that has helped a lot of women through their charity work. And she was getting the awards that she did really deserve. Another instance of her being a plain badass was when the government planned to privatize a part of Karura Forest that she had grown majority of the trees in, single-handedly with her movement. She, along with other people and some politicians, went to protest that plan by planting more trees. But they were met with violence. They were beaten up, and there is one really powerful picture of her in Karuru Forest being beat up by police. And um, she did went to file a report that she was beaten up to the police, but they didn't do anything since they're under the government. But one of her supporters filmed the video, and it gained so much international traction that the Kenyan government would literally not dare continue with that because they were risking losing American support, international support, European support. And it just retracted the whole privatization plan, and a statement was released by the president. She has been publicly insulted by so many men. Like, the levels of misogyny at that point in Kenya were really bad. 
she was called a person who was inciting people to strip while she was having that hunger strike. She has been called a mad woman by the former president. They made up a rumor that she was act asking people to strip and in order for her not to be allowed to speak at an award show, which she did in fact speak at. And she was been told to be a good African woman and respect men and shut up and know her place. Even her own husband stated in the court documents that she was too much of a strong-willed woman and that he couldn't control her. She faced adversity even in her own home. There was no support system. She was a mother of three beautiful children, but she and her husband got divorced and he had primary care of them due to her work. She never stopped. And this isn't to uplift or contribute to the strong black woman notion. I'm, I'm giving you an example of a woman who sacrificed all of it for our environment, our country. And even if the country didn't see what she was doing at the time, she still decided to do this. She was a Maraya. It's not every day that we meet people who do this. She never stopped until she won her Nobel Peace Prize, and even to her death. Her femininity was challenged because she was strong, open-minded, willed, determined, ambitious, and she was a headstrong woman. She was the first they had ever seen in a while. It isn't every day that a woman goes against the Kenyan government. Anyone goes against the Kenyan government. And while her marriage ended and she had to sacrifice primary custody of her children, when I read about her, she is the very definition of black girl magic. She won against our government, which is a really hard thing to do while keeping your head on your shoulders. She was passionate about agroforestry and combating deforestation that was happening and affecting the Kenyan environment and people at the time. She had a cause, and she was a woman on the mission. And we all know that you can never stop a woman on a mission. She saw the problem, and she wasn't scared of fighting it. They challenged her, calling her a man, calling her a person who solicits whores. They challenged her, but she didn't care. She isn't a strong black woman. She's a black woman. She's an African woman, she's a Kenyan woman, she's a Kikuyu woman, and she is a woman who was not going to be stopped. And she was the first woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004. I remember, because that's the year I was born. She was an icon. And many of the pictures you see of her online, she was smiling in her, in her simple headdress and colorful clothing, but her work wasn't always colorful. She had almost been killed, she has been in jail, she has been beaten, all because of her efforts to protect our forests. She never made any excuses. She did it. She was in the front line. You know, a lot of people think that women can't do it, can't fight, can't be at the front of the headlines. She wasn't. She was a fighter. She was strong. She was ambitious. And she didn't give two shits. She single-handedly protected Karura Forest. And it is still standing today because of Bama Wangare Mathai. I remember hearing about her and seeing her in the news. She, she loved it. 
She loved her work and not and wanted to take care of it and not in a manner that made the rich richer. She was heavily involved in bringing local farmers into the fold by trying to make farming practices affordable and sustainable and accessible to all. She wasn't new to this. She was true to this. All these climate change activists, all of these people, she was the OG. She has been fighting this from the get-go. Wangare Madai is the blueprint for all people who claim to care about the environment and environmentalism. She is OG. And I will sing that song until the day I die because there has been no one in the world of environmentalism that cares and has sacrificed and has done so much projects internationally with Genova, Europe, France, Africa, and won a Nobel Peace Prize. She wasn't new to this. She was true to this lifestyle. Her story is one of pure resilience and willpower. And while black women aren't always succumbed, the narrative of the strong black woman isn't right. And it dehumanizes black women. Black women are still strong. She is literally that definition. Because it takes a lot to challenge the misogynistic ideas that are still very prevalent in very many African countries. She did it. It was dangerous, but she still did it. And that's why I try to live up to her every day. And when we look at the host of awards that she has and think of all the great things she's done, she was a human being that went through so many adversities. I wanted to humanize her by talking about her in a well-rounded way. Because she's not only awards and OG, she's also a mother, she's also a woman, she's a person. She had feelings and she made choices that while we might look now and say, wow, she was so brave. At that time, it was scary for her, as it would be for anyone else. These are stories not of superheroes in the movies that we see, but these are real-life superheroes. And she is my real-life superhero. She did everything that I want to do. She made a voice for herself. She created a space and she never stopped. She has been the pace setter and paved the way for many African women to receive notoriety and even Nobel Peace Prizes for the work they do. And they might not get recognition of it because of the misogyny so present, but she paved the way for that to happen. During this Black History Month, it would be so unfair for me not to talk about the late Dr. Wangari Mutamadai, who is one of your Black heroes. Let us know on our Instagram page at The American Funeral. This series will continue highlighting people and projects that are important to remember not only this month, but as the year spreads out. I've been your lovely host, Kyla Wangeshi. If you like this episode, check out our other episodes on Spotify. Don't forget to follow and check us out every two weeks for more updates. Stay woke.